by far, by far and away, the brightest I've ever been. Welcome to the brightest edition of the Sunday Conversation ever. <laughs> I got the Panthers lightning game on right behind my laptop. Oh, I thought you were, I thought we were doing it before that. No, the Blues game. Blues game starts at 9.45. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You said Panthers lightning. All right. Well, I want to just send her. Send her. We only got 40 minutes anyways. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Didn't we do? Didn't we do an episode where I put that in? I, maybe, but that I was you know. I, I think we could have been that. that could could have been upwards of uh, 118 episodes ago. Because welcome to the 118th episode. Of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. 17th. Oh, fuck. See, like, what's the point? <laughs> to be fair, it has been a long time since we've had one of those. So, <laughs> you are you know, you just got excited. 117. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't done anything like any fun intro in quite some time. But uh, <laughs> welcome to 117. Um, we are presented by Loyalty Liquors. And we are hosted by us. Aaron. How was your week, my friend? Oh, Benny. First hey, of all, yeah. should I say Mario Andretti? Because <laughs> Robin was racing. Fun. That's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, well, I don't, I don't even know this. I don't even know. You wouldn't even tell me the backstory. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But that's, yeah, know. that's, you're not far off. Uh, like who, who knows if you were trying to get, you know, the inside lane on, on I-95. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Uh, nope, I was going. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my week has been interesting. First off, I want to thank you for uh, being a, um, uh, a an accommodating uh, co-host and recording with me on a Thursday night. I am going away for the first time with my girlfriend this weekend. So uh, it's, it's going to be a no technology trip. So, uh, you know, we had to do this a few days earlier than we normally would. And so I appreciate you for being there for me, buddy. Uh, now to the more negative aspect of my week so far. Uh, yeah, my brand new car. Well, not brand new car. My car that I bought about a month ago, um, I've already gotten into an accident with. Uh, just for comparison's sake, my prior car I had for eight years, almost eight years, 277,000 miles that I personally put on the car. Now I hit things, but I never hit a car. Uh, I backed into a dumpster one time. I clipped the garbage pail with my side view, but I never hit another car. <clears throat> Yesterday, I'm coming home. You know, standard day. Don't they say like most accidents happen within like a mile of where you live or whatever? Yeah, so something, something like sure that. Sure enough, about a mile and a half from my apartment, I'm going up Orange Street. I'm on the phone, you know, over Bluetooth. I'm not like texting and driving or anything. I'm on the phone on Bluetooth. And uh, I realized the lane I'm in is a is a, goes into a right turn only lane uh, to get on the highway. <clears throat> so. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I got to get in the lane on the left and go straight here. So I 
going four miles an hour, pull around the car in front of me. And like an Asian woman just rubbed the entire side of my car along their rear quarter panel. The girl, the girl who, who was driving, actually, I, I have a picture of her ID. How old is she? Couldn't have been more than 23. Uh, she was, let's see, birthday 1995. So 20, she just turned 27 this year. And she like lays on the horn, like I'm gonna, like I'm gonna fucking speed off, like to the stoplight, like. So I pull over, I you know, I I pull into a driveway uh, across the street that's like an apartment building. I take a look. I'm like, yeah, great, great. So they pull in, you know, minimal damage to their car. My car is gonna gonna need some repairs. I I, I dealt with insurance today, uh, and you know, it's just. Just one of those things, man. It doesn't matter how many miles you drive in your life. You can still just do something really, really dumb. And so I did something really, really dumb. Other than that, it's been a great week. Uh, I'm, I'm crushing people so in chess. It, Everything's her, good. Is her insurance covering it or yours? No, mine. It was a hundred. It was a hundred. So I, the insurance, won't, the lady from Progressive called me today. And, you know, she's asking me all the standard questions. I guess they ask when you file a claim for an accident. And like one of the last questions she asked is, so who do you think was at fault? And I was like, I was at fault. I don't think I was at fault. I was 100% at fault. And she's like, how fast were you going when this accident happened? I was like, maybe a little bit more than idling. (laughs) It was a slow, it was a low speed accident. It was a low speed collision. Um, so whatever, it's going to cost me 500 bucks, you know, $500 deductible to cost me to get it fixed. And my, I'm sure my insurance premiums are going to go through the fucking roof for this, which is such bullshit, Ben. Like I've had car insurance for whatever, 16 years now. I have never filed a claim in 16 years of having car insurance. So that's however many thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of 16 years I've paid to have car insurance. Now, the one time I file a claim, my fucking car insurance is going to go up. It's like the it's the oh, biggest shit. fucking racket going. It, it is 100%. Also, um, sometimes, like, when I got rear-ended in Dallas, yeah, and I, w- I went through... Um, it may as well be called um, Hillbilly County Insurance Company, and we don't call you back. I fucked up. I got rear-ended, and I like I went through this guy's insurance that I don't even think was real insurance. Now, how it ended up getting paid for and all that shit is beyond me, but it did. What I learned in that situation is just like, dude, just go through your own insurance, even yeah. if you're going to pay a little more, because sometimes it's fucking not even worth fucking dealing with, you know. Well, and I do. It, I, man, I think, too, that, that certain insurance companies will like 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 your insurance company may do the legwork for you in a situation oh, like that. Are you familiar with progressive? Yeah, that's, that's what I insurance. have. That's what I oh, have. Sick. Dude, I knew this was a progressive podcast. But uh, anywho, that, so that was more or less the exciting part of my week thus far. Obviously, this weekend will be more exciting than that. But uh, Benny, how was your week, pal? Um, dude, I mean, same old. Like, week was good. Went to look at a boat and then ended up getting a couple jobs. Maybe even hey, a lifetime of jobs. So, 
Uh, that's always exciting. Um, met a couple old timers. I think like it's safe to say that I prefer old wise men over like any other variation of human besides you of course but you know what i mean like dude we met these three old guys like we went and looked at this 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 dude's boat it was a 1989 aqua sport and it had a uh 200 johnson two-stroke on the back okay 2500 bucks mm-hmm. trailer was absolutely trashed it was a 22 foot it's like a bay boat it was really cool this this fucking old guy uh, from Huntsville, Alabama. Shout out the Havoc. I told that was the first thing I said. I was like, oh yeah, I lived in Huntsville, played for the Havoc. And he's and, like, what uh, the so fuck he, like, is that? Well, no, he like no, he he knew, and then and then he was just like, yeah, we we moved down here a couple of years ago. But um, so he he comes. It's his boat. He basically comes outside with. It's like parked in his neighbor's yard. And then his neighbor comes out and then the other neighbor comes out. So we're like going through this boat and, you know, we were like, we ended up firing up the motor and all this shit. And basically what it got to was um, the fence companies in Mexico beach are about uh, four to six months behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, this guy, Lynn fucking just, we're going to the Bahamas next week, but he's like, you know, when you get back, you know, give me a call. I got, I got, I got more work than, than my phone can handle. He said, so that was always uh that's always a good feeling, you know, of course, Fucking go check out a boat and then, you know, get some jobs to buy the boat. Benny. I mean, that's, that's how it that, works, right? First of all, that's as typical you as there is. Like, I'm just going to, you know, work and get a boat and like that. That's a cool way to do it. And also, I mean, you and I are both concurrently going fucking broke. So I guess it's time, time you, you do a little bit of something, you know, just to get some dollars coming in, but uh, leave it to you to, of course, you know, find some cool dude to go work for that. I'm sure, you know, you'll actually enjoy the work and get a lot out of it. And uh you know, that's just, that's just your story, buddy. Yeah. So, um, aside what, what, how long ago was the episode of, uh, when I, when we talked about the, uh, the giant loss, that was probably like, you're talking about in Wyoming, that fencing job. No, no. We had an episode on here where it was like, uh, like I, like I lost 150 grand or something like way back in the day. And I just wanted to say like, and I think it wasn't it called to, like we blown that to smithereens. <laughs> I, oh yeah. That was episode 27. Want to know what it's like to lose 120 K. <laughs> <laughs> well, we boys discuss the boys discuss what you should do when the stock market goes to shit. Ben talks about the worst financial loss he's ever incurred. <laughs> uh yeah that was september 6 2020 okay well now two years later um that looks like child's play yeah (laughs) (laughs) well like i i said to you the other day you know i i I think i've mentioned on this podcast before you know over the course of 2020 and 2021 i quadrupled my net worth from a small base so but you know still it's all it's all about progress and 
you know, quadrupling what you're worth in two years, no matter what the dollars are, is always a good thing. And I said to you the other day, I'm glad I did that just to give it all fucking back. It's like being at the fucking casino, just like, you know, you're up riding high and they're like, hey, we'll give you a suite. And you stay and play until, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And next thing you know, you got nothing. So that's the path we're headed on. But like they say, Ben, you only lose if you sell, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, it's back to, you know, rice and beans and... Uh, <laughs> my poor meals are always ramen noodles and tuna fish baby not together but ramen noodles and tuna fish which you know dude some would say that's an unbelievable meal so um actually straight up ellis hall i was uh i think i was room one 314 ellis hall third floor um i would walk down to the little laundry room and there was a a microwave and I would do ramen noodles and then mm. take a can of tuna, dump the tuna in there. And it becomes like a pretty much a, like a like tuna salad, like a Michelin star tuna dish. <laughs> in noodles. Oh, God. Oh, no, that, that was a, that was a sna- like, that would be a snack for me in college. I like, mean, high protein, high carbohydrate, you know, athlete's body putting fuel in it. There's nothing wrong with it. Just like, you know, it just it doesn't seem no, like but to do me a favor. And, and like if, if you're saying, if that's your, your go-to poor meal, like go ahead and, and splurge one night and do a ramen and two and a can of tuna at the same damn time. And you, and you won't hate it. I promise that that's a promise. No, what I used to do, I, what I used to do when I, when I, like four years ago, when I was broke and I was working two jobs and, you know, working 70 hours a week just to keep the fucking lights on, I would eat a tuna fish sandwich and a pack of ramen noodles. And that would be dinner. And um, that's fucking cheap as it gets. It's like a dollar. You, you just, you just solved a, a question um about the we'll just we'll say the a mason dixon line question um my fiance absolutely freaks out when i say tuna fish she thinks it, it's it should just be like a tuna sandwich but i've i always say oh yeah tuna fish. a tuna fish <laughs> tuna fish sandwich although to be fair it's like t- like tuna salad tuna sushi right. and right. no it's a tuna but fish sandwich tuna fish sandwich that's what i always say oh can you believe that's a that? inside joke yeah uh, but dude but, I, um that's so funny that's so funny because tuna, i always no, say tuna fish sandwich yeah. tuna, it is a tuna fish sandwich huh and you think about it too like when i used to like i know this is disgusting and i hope nobody listening judges me and my palate for this because uh i do have a refined palate not to brag but you do we'll, we'll give from, you that from time no to time questions. you know and when i used to eat subway with some regularity i would get tuna at, at subway and i would never walk in and be like let me get a foot long tuna fish it'd be a foot long tuna so that is a weird thing i guess i never noticed that huh huh yeah huh my mom always made the meanest tuna fish sandwich and she would grit like uh with the like the cheese grater yeah. she would grate grade carrots oh, and okay. then grade um celery yeah and then that would go in like 
dude, I had a tuna fish sandwich probably once or twice a week all growing up. Oh, yeah, dude. Like I, for I lunch. ate a ton of tuna fish sandwiches as a kid. And that Samantha like ate egg salad. That was her thing. But mine and that's was what always she, tuna and that's, fish. That's what she still gets at uh, Shady Glen, right? Yeah, yeah. Egg salad yeah. sandwich. And just like, yeah, like I was always the tuna guy, dude, at Shady Glen. They got fucking bomb tuna there. Like, yeah, they do. They do. Shout out Shady Glen. I can't wait. I'm going home next weekend. I'm fucking pumped to get some Shady Glen. Um, uh, ben, there's a uh, there's a baby formula shortage in the world now. Yep. That's I heard, but like titties are the new big thing. <laughs> like if you're not breastfeeding, then you're not shit. <laughs> oh man, literally and figuratively, huh? Like, well, well, it's I just guess funny depending. because I saw I've seen some shit about the baby uh you know short uh form, formula shortage. Yep. And I saw this woman on a on a meme on Instagram saying how her titties are worth like, oh, so my titties are worth something there. Like, I, I forget what she was saying, but she used the word titties. And uh, yeah, dude. But in so, that sense, like, I don't really know. Like, I mean, that is a like to me, I think that's more of just a, it's bigger than like, oh, there's a shortage in formula because from what i understand like baby formula is pretty much completely chemicals so is, does that mean there's a chemical shortage or is there a you know a formula shortage i'm not sure ben and i'm actually to be fair i probably shouldn't have brought this up without actually like reading about it first because i do, i don't actually know what what caused this or is causing this i do I know think that- it's it, it has to do with where it's made and I mean, there's there's no arguing that oh. they've been talking about shortages for however long. Okay, no, I well, I I just in pulled up, the- I just pulled up an article from the Wall Street Journal, and within the first the second paragraph, the shortage began after Abbott Laboratory shut down a plant in Michigan after four infants who consumed formula made at the facility fell seriously ill. Abbott controls about forty two percent of the U.S. market, and the other three large manufacturers, Perigo, Nestle, and Mead Johnson haven't been able to increase production fast enough to compensate. Ergo, empty shelves. Ergo means therefore, for those of you that didn't take Latin. <laughs> uh, and so the it's actually interesting. And I'm not going to read this whole article because I can't read it fast enough to do this during the pod. But the baby for the, the headline is the baby formula shortage was made in Washington's. The politicians tac- ta- tacitly admit that their policies are responsible. That's very nice of them, actually, to admit that. Ah, trade protectionism, Ben. Including the tariffs of up to 17.5% and Food and Drug Administration labeling and ingredient requirements limit competition. About 98% of U.S. infant formula is made domestically, though it's no safer than European or Australian products. While FDA has the authority to inspect foreign plants, tariffs make imports less competitive. How interesting. So if they would just remove the tariffs, they could get it from other countries hmm. for just as cheap as we get it here. God, it is just amazing the way that politicians do these stupid fucking, why the fuck would there be tariffs 
on countries like European countries or Australia or Australia on baby formula. Aaron, it's I mean, I think you have to look like deeper than that and ask why. I mean, all right. Listen, we're not going to like go ahead and break down, you know, the history of the United States, like um, like the medical side of, you know, obviously there are plenty of women who can't breastfeed like mm-hmm. fact like mm-hmm. hey this shit happens yep. you know but we live in a society where it's almost frowned upon to like breastfeed your child not frowned upon but it's like they make it like the world is so like upbeat and fast that they you know it's like a time, it comes down to a time issue. You know, it's like you physically as a mother don't even have the time to breastfeed your child, which is completely understandable. It's not the mother's fault. It's, you know, it's the environment that she has to live in. Like, you know, um, keep a roof and electricity over her child's head all these other things that come into play where it's like, you know, you physically don't even have time to breastfeed your child. You know, if you're working two, three jobs. So, you know, it's another, it's, it's a complete, you know, it's an industry that's built off the nine to five job, you know, taking away, you know, a mother, like, that's being argued right now in the highest of courts, how like, you know, it's like, what, like, you know, like a teacher, what do they only get like a month and a half or something for, for maternity leave? It's like, Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's woefully short period of time. Right. You're, you're essentially forced into, you know, baby formula in a way. Yeah, it's unless, like, unless you just want to pump right, know, right. all hours of the fucking day. So, I mean, I'm not a woman, but I, I was breastfed. And I know that my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Right. And she was able to do that. And obviously, I'm, you know, I'm very lucky that that was the, you know, the situation. Well, it, but it, it's also, it's like, you know, my dad worked his bag off still does to allow that to happen and a lot of times that doesn't you know work so i mean i can only give like intel on you know what i was you know well and that's grown up and accustomed to it's like i feel for the women that don't have a chance to be with their children it's like 100 percent, right and that's and that brings up the broader point of that we live in a day and age where it is not not fiscally uh, responsible or, or, or as easy to uh, have one parent be a stay-at-home parent because there's just the world we live in. It's far too expensive. Unless you make half a million dollars a year, it's just far too expensive for one person to be good, to go out and truly be the sole breadwinner and provider for a family if you want to live even just a middle-class life. It's, it's fucking impossible. And that's the world we live in. That's the country we live in these days. And like, 
so women have to work, you know, and whether they want to or not. And I, I think they should absolutely have the choice. Um, this is going to be a weird comparison. Just bear with me. Uh, but when I, you know, had my, my big serial killer phase and I was reading about serial killers, the most common thread amongst all serial killers was that they had like, they were treated poorly by their parents when they were young, whether they were abandoned or, you know, ignored or abused or whatever. So it's like the most formidable years of a child's life. Now both parents have to work because it's just the, the way the society we've created is more about producing income and feeding into a capitalistic society than it is about raising your children to be good people. We're just raising right. your children to, to survive, to live. But this is actually interesting, Benny, while you were talking and, uh, and obviously I was listening to what you were saying. Uh, I did peruse this article, just a touch, just a couple of paragraphs. And it's actually, this is actually kind of interesting. First of all, the house Democrats passed a bill Wednesday that would give the FDA $28 million more to inspect foreign plants. And this are, this, I'm, this is word for word, what it says. Okay. But the FDA's problem isn't too little money. It's too much regulation. This is interesting though. Apparently there is a, there is a, uh, a women, women, infants, and children program amid formula shortages. These rules limit new mothers to buying formula from the sole source con contractor in the states, which manage the women, infants, and children program. Exclusive state contracts effectively give formula providers a monopoly. So basically, if you're, say, uh, what, what was the, what was the, um, uh, if you're Nestle, and you have the contract from Connecticut for Connecticut. If you're a new mother and you're purchasing formula through this program, you can only buy it from Nestle, which is a monopoly. Which is, you know, as far as I standard remember, oil. I mean, pretty I thought... illegal. Um, but also, like that is how you create a shortage. If you have a monopoly and then that said company can't meet demand, that is how you have a shortage, and that's how people and like it just. It's fucking mind blowing to me that that this is the way the infrastructure works with some of these things is that like nobody at any point ever thinks that there could be a problem. And then when there's a problem, the whole fucking system is so like fragile, it just collapses on itself. And then just further down in the next paragraph. But Aaron, uh, Aaron, so like that, you have a great point right there that needs to be mentioned figure out who created this policy and what their kickback was. And then you just, you know, it's like very transparent. It's like, right. You know, who, 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 who owns came, the like, chiefs. Right. <laughs> but I'm, you know, it's like, it's like, it, you know, Nestle, are they an American company? I feel like Nestle is like, are they i want to say like brazilian or something nestle, what, what is, nestle? is now owned is owned by procter and gamble or one of the big 11 that own everything in the world um is it Mondo's? uh swiss nestle is a swiss multinational food and drink processing conglomerate corporation headquartered in baby switzerland it's the largest publicly held food company in the world interesting so, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough because 
it's like if you really start to break it down it's like you want to talk about all right you can just face the facts and say like you know you are what you eat and that's that's a fact and if you start to think about like manipulation of of like <laughs> genetics I mean, are, is it is it fair to say that probably the most important years of your life are like as an infant, you know, in terms of growth? Uh, it's like, yeah. Let's look at the back of a package of of a of a a Nestle, you know, Carnation baby formula, um, package, and let's just see what X amount of newborns are intaking. You know, it's like. It's I. It's probably an eye-opening uh, list. I would. Sure. I would wager that you are right, Benjamin. So it sucks that that's you know. You know, you think back just you know twenty-five, thirty years to, you know, the amount of like man my grandparents were farmers everybody was farmers um my fiance's family farmers a lot of people were farmers back in the day and a lot of times it's like they're eating off their own land everything you know whether they're hunting or they got cows it's like shit was under the supervision of them the entire time Right, you know, farm to table, and that is so far gone now to the point where farm know, to table is a trendy restaurant instead of just a way of life. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, well, it, it just it is. I mean, cor- corporate greed and, is, and, and and on top of that, it's like you could also argue that, you know, I'm sure baby formula when we were growing up to you know now was at least something a little bit more nutritious you know rather than who the fuck knows what they're you know who knows Uh, you don't you don't know no clue what what is going into baby formula i like and i I, i'm not saying that to be like oh i have no clue what they're i i truly have no idea what they're putting in there right um and you know that's just a a pretty scary prospect Hey, yep. I was just gonna absolutely go in a different direction and say, you know, at least Dr. Oz is, you know, leading in the primaries. Um, is he? <laughs> I guess so. Well, so the, the here's the other thing too, Ben, and and we've we've got nine minutes left. We're we're gonna have to figure out an alternative for this because this time control thing is really starting to fuck with our flow when we get going, but. There's so much posturing going on right now because it's a mid, because this, you know, this year there's, a, it's an election year. So much fucking posturing and blame pointing and, and finger pointing and all this jazz where I, I saw, I couldn't help but see today that there was a bill passed or a bill um, being voted on that would um, in some way, shape or form help with this baby formula shortage. And it was rejected by um like 172 republicans voted against it right and so of course you know I, I'll, the first wind i get of it is on social media you know 172 republicans vote against bill that would help end 
baby formula shortage. You read the comments. How could all these people do this? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like on down this road that is trying to paint Republicans in a bad light. Again, judging by the analytics, we have a lot of new listeners. So I'll say this, and it's been said on this podcast many times, Ben and I do not align with a party that we, neither one of us voted for Trump or Biden in the last election. So like, let's just make that fair, but we call shit how we see it. And so to like now make this a bipartisan issue of, oh, how could these Republicans do it? And, you know, make it seem like they're the bad guys. It's like, hey, you fucking morons were the ones that put all these policies in place in the first place that created this shortage. So now you're just trying to pass the buck onto somebody else and make it seem like you had nothing to do with it. When in reality, you're just as complicit in this whole thing as, and instead of being like, we got to find a solution, we'll work it through. It's how could they do this? You know, look at these Republicans. We got to vote them out and, you know, come November. And it's just fucking ridiculous. The amount of posturing that is going on. I saw uh, last week, Ned Lamont, the governor of the great state of Connecticut, posted something on Instagram. It just popped up in my feed. I don't follow him uh, about with the uh, abortion law with Roe v. Wade and him signing a law into play or um, signing something into law, a policy into law that would basically protect women's abortions rights in Connecticut. Great. Except the thing is, is unless I'm mistaken, it was unnecessary. Like the women would if Roe v. Wade were to be repealed, women in Connecticut would still have the same abortion rights that they have now. Nothing would change. So it's all for posturing to get votes because it's a, it's an election year for him as well. And it's like, Hey dude, gas is $4 and 55 cents a gallon. And you suspended the 25 cent gas tax on. So when that ends at the end of next month and it goes to 480 a gallon, it's like, you know, maybe let's actually do something that's proactively being, that will proactively be better for the people that are uh, you are governing and not just doing things to make it seem like you actually give a shit so that you can potentially win re-election. And like that is the world we live in, where it's more about doing something to make people think you're doing something to help them than opposed to actually doing something to help. Them. No, totally, man. And it's like, and to me, it's just like, you know, like about the the thing I had mentioned before, like the Dr. Oz, like I mm-hmm. didn't really even know much about it, but you know, I looked at it and it's like, it's all like, to me, I cracked a joke tonight at dinner that was like, okay, so now, you know, Oh, we have another reality star coming into the mix. You know, it's like, at, at what point it's like, man we say it every fucking week it, it, it's just like at this at this point dude with like the you know the what's it with what is is going on in the news these days it's like if you're that um like i get just into it like it if it has a significant impact on your life, then, then I think it's like time to, you know, reevaluate some things in oh, terms of totally dude. dude. It's like fucking, Oh man. Why would, why waste energy? I, I, I was right. I was listening to a podcast the other day where a guy was talking about and, and 
if my girlfriend's listening, she's going to laugh because I literally was just on the phone talking to her about this before you and I jumped on about like the multiverse theory. And like basically for the uninitiated, it basically goes that uh, there are there's the theory that there are an infinite amount of, of universes with an infinite amount of galaxies within them where there are infinite amount of possibilities all going on at the same time. The theory being that you have an infinite amount of replicas of you all living out completely different and completely same storylines all at the same time. And so if that were the case, if that's true, let's say, even if that's not true and, and what we know about the known universe is, is all factual that airs, you know, whatever, 400 billion galaxies, you know, whatever the number is, right? Why the fuck would you waste so much energy giving about something, giving a shit about something that matters so fucking little? Like, it shows how insignificant all of our lives actually truly are. And like, why would you not spending, spend your life doing the things that are actually going to bring you joy, the most joy and just enjoying what's in front of you. Aaron, you need to watch two movies and everyone needs to watch two movies. Um, 14 peaks and the uh, alpinist. Yeah. I've seen both of them actually. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. You don't need to watch either of them because you've already seen it. Wait, I take that but back. Just, I haven't seen the, the, uh, the alpinist, the alpinist. I, I did see 14 peaks. Alpinist is the one with the, the like he's Mark Andre, climber, right? Yeah. 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 Fleur, yeah. yeah I did not, I did not watch that one, but I will watch it. Yeah. And it, I mean, they just talk so much about it. Like, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot like, and, and you could argue it's like there's a lot bigger things in life, and that's sure. why they go and climb. You know, thirty thousand foot. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty nine thousand uh, foot peaks. Um, but it, it's the same shit. It's like you know, it's like um, every single person that lives it like like a life where normally people would think that's absolutely scary yeah. you know like a, a like why would you even try that it's like the messages that they're talking about are like the ones that you really need to listen to exactly. because it's like man we're so caught up in fucking the commotion of, of the world and nobody ever stops to to take a deep breath and think and just you know be almost you know, and it's like, dude, life's going to be fucking over. This dude was 25 years old. And I mean, he's gone. Oh, well, it's just yeah, I, the movie. Thanks. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, no, but you'll, it's, you'll, you'll, you'll get the message and it's whatever. You can also just Google his name and it would come up on the Wikipedia page, uh, you know, whatever the date. So obviously, you know. It just, it's just, it's this fucking system, dude. It's a, it's a fucked up system. Like, so what is it? Did Elon not buy Twitter? Uh, I don't know. I, I, the, the, I think there's a lot of moving pieces in place with that deal and it's going to take a little while to get done. Right. Um, Which is exactly what I'm saying is like the entire world was caught up on that for an entire week or so. And that's not even technically, a, a, you know, a real done deal. It's just crazy, man. Just that, that's that was my point there. It's like it's just a crazy. ten minute news cycle, yeah, and, it's just and, crazy. and just like that, you wrapped it succinctly. This call is going to end in about twelve seconds. Benny, 
Great chat, buddy. Love you. Love you, bro.